Could you tell me like, what about your life do you feel like put you on the path of helping others or doing crisis work, intervention work? So I'd be considered what we call like a highly sensitive person. I grew up in a family of 11, I had 11 siblings growing up. I grew up in chaos. Like it was just, mm-hmm. there was always something going on. I mean, I, like I had a lot of family members, which was great, but it was like, that was so much stimulus as someone who was highly sensitive. Um, and that was really hard for me. But I also was like the sibling as I got older that like my siblings would come to with their problems and, and like, cause mm-hmm. I could just really feel everything they were feeling, but I also had really sound advice. <laughs> I don't know what it was. Um, yeah. But I could like perceive their problems and be like, wow, I, I like I have an answer for that for my own. Not so much took a lot of like work to do that. I but think for that's others. the blessing and the curse that people like us that are highly sensitive and empaths, that's yeah. that's our blessing and curse that we can sometimes say things so perfectly to other people. But to ourselves, it's one of the biggest struggles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, definitely. As a, a highly sensitive person, it's like we're, we're able to. And then I, you know, if we're looking at Myers-Briggs, I also identify as an INFJ. Um, it's like I can like just really read someone's face. And like, it, it was so funny because I'd have friends that would be like, what's wrong? Oh my God. <laughs> you know, it's like that response. I'm like, yeah. oh my God. Okay. Um, being able to sense when people just were, it was just something was off. I was just always that person that people came to. Um, yeah. And even strangers or people who did not like me at school would be like, Megan, can I just tell you something? And I'm like, oh, like for sure. Like, let me know. Mm-hmm. And they'd like tell me their whole life story. And that would happen with strangers and so in that way, I don't know. I felt like, man, maybe I'm supposed to help people. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just being highly sensitive. And um, I just kind of felt like, man, like I felt alone mm-hmm. a lot. Like even with my friends, I always felt different. And I always felt like I didn't belong. Not in a way of like, I didn't want to live, but mm-hmm. I felt like I wasn't meant to be on earth. It, it was such a weird experience. And I remember I'd look outside, of, we had a, like our back window in the kitchen. I'd look at the stars and I was like, I think I was supposed to be out there and I'd like talk to the moon like Mm -hmm. you know I grew up in a very religious household but I just felt like this connection to like Mm -hmm. the universe but I didn't feel at home in my own body um so just experiences like that really like kind of put me on this path of like man I wonder if other people feel like me or feel out of place or you know as I did start seeing how much trauma I had gone through just other things like Mm -hmm. um you know child sex abuse not like thank god it didn't happen with like family members or anything like that mm-hmm. but like friends of my siblings you know mm-hmm. having experiences like that that were highly traumatic or seeing adults that were supposed to be like caretakers um you know like I had friends who had parents who'd be like doing meth and things like that mm-hmm. around us and I had no idea I was so young so just going through like really traumatic things as a kid and then realizing how it affected me as a teen mm-hmm. and when I started having all this anxiety and started experiencing depression um and then being diagnosed with PTSD and then depression and anxiety and then ADHD and attentive type and I'm like oh my god I have like these answers now mm-hmm. um and having to go to I don't go to it's called adolescent day treatment and it's extensive um you know day treatment you're going to like multiple hours of group therapy every mm-hmm. day um and hearing what a lot of the other kids went through like that I, and I would look at them and be like oh my god how the hell did you get through that mm-hmm. and I'd look at my own experiences and be like this is nothing I would minimize my own, but it was like, I just was like, holy, like, holy shit. Like, how did you like, how are you so resilient? Mm -hmm. Um, And I would like admire my therapist because there's all different types had different approaches, whether it was cognitive behavioral therapy or narrative, um, Christian counseling, whatever it might be. And they were just so great at providing psychoeducation 
for us to understand what we were going through and, and not make us feel like we we're out of place and we we're all there to share our stories and heal. And, and again, that experience, I think also propelled me into wanting to help youth with mm-hmm. emotional disturbance who had gone through trauma. Um, and I almost lost my mother when I was seven. So that was another big thing is that like my whole life, I'm like, when is my mom going to pass away? And then mm-hmm. and God willing, she's still alive um, mm-hmm. and has lived like past 20 years. They, they gave her a year. She's still here, but just all those experiences, I think, made me feel like, man, like all the people in my life who helped me, like, mm-hmm. holy moly, like I would not be here if I didn't have like an amazing, you know, guidance counselor in elementary school, if I didn't have the therapists that I had when I was in high school, mm-hmm. if I didn't have the teacher that looked at me and said, what's wrong, sweetie, what's going on and pulled me mm-hmm. out of the room and, you know, let me cry on her shoulder. Like if I didn't have those people, I would not be alive today. Like, and so mm-hmm. I want to be that person for others. And I think that's what got me into that line of work and keeps me going is keeping me to want to be a psychologist. I mean, mm-hmm. I want people to know that they're, they're worth it. I don't know. Yeah. I think that's beautiful though. Like, honestly, and I say that, and like you said, the beauty of this conversation is that we don't know each other, you know, it's completely unbiased and it's beautiful because it really like hit me. Like it hit my soul when you said the part about like when you were a little kid and you used to sit out and like, think like, I don't know why, but I don't fit here and feel yeah. like you weren't at home in your body. Cause I yeah. always felt that way. I yeah. always felt that way. And I've never heard anyone like voice it that way, you yeah. know, honestly. And for me, I always felt like I was a missing puzzle piece that was accepted in the box, but just didn't yeah. fit in the puzzle, you know, and, but wanted to be there. You know, I know it's like a funny way, yeah. but I always felt that way. It's also beautiful what you said that it's like, when you live through all these things and you see all of these things and you experience so many adults that are willing to help you change your life and make a difference in yours it's like what else better could we do than to turn around and do the same thing and I also think that's important to remind people that it's like you can always be that person that can be that for someone else you know you have the power to do it and you might not feel like it but you don't know what your impact is on that young person, you know? So I think that's amazing that, like you said, my middle school uh, teachers or those people that were there for me and my therapist, like now this is why I do what I do, you know? So I think that's, that's amazing. Yeah. I absolutely love that. A big thing for like our youth is that there's a big world out there for you. And to know that, you know, you know, it's, it's hard as a youth, I, I think, cause I get a lot of calls from you and they just kind of mm-hmm. like, oh my God, I'm just stuck in this place. Like I'm with my parents or with this a family that maybe isn't your chosen family or whatever situation. And it can feel like, oh my gosh, there's nothing outside of this. And it's just mm-hmm. like, nah, like when you turn 18, like do what you need to do to get set up, to go like live your life and meet the right family um, or re- meet the right people explore who you are and 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 that's going to take years to figure out we all take years to like really like understand who we are and our identity um but for the youth like do not think that this is it like things do change and and life does go on and you will meet better people and people who love you and care about you um and you will explore different you know things in life that you never thought you're gonna be able to do um so for all the youth out there who do deal with suicidal ideation um, and kind of think like, this is it. Like, no, like there is healing out there and it will continue, you know, keep, keep fighting. Like it eventually will, you'll hit that again, that point of autonomy and you'll be able to kind of start making those decisions that you want to make. 
um, and exploring life in a different way. And you'll, you'll realize like where you're at right now is um, a lot, a lot of, you know, teen, I know I was in that place too. Um, and then for the adults, like keep healing your inner child. Like uh, I, I feel like that's so important. I don't think we realize as adults, all the things that we carry Mm-hmm. from our parents, our family members, our friends, our communities. And, and we let that formulate who we are, who we think we are. And it's like, no, like explore, who are you authentically? Like, who are you without um, identifying so strongly with your trauma? Um, who are you outside of this box that you've let people kind of put around you? Um, mm-hmm. And whether like you or not, you deal with mental health, you know, every day just keep trying keep uh looking for the resources that you need keep like reading books talking to people that help you see the world through a different lens um and Mm -hmm. see you through a different lens Mm -hmm. I can't count how many people um have told me like man Megan I wish you could see you the way I see you Mm -hmm. and I was like damn like okay and that (laughs) it's you know and my Mm -hmm. my partner I think was like she said that to me recently and I like started crying because I was like oh my god like I don't always see those qualities in myself and I think a lot of that is my mental health especially having um, anxiety Mm -hmm. and PTSD and not being able to see those qualities that like I have as a person and to have someone remind me of that um was like wow like okay and so again for you then adults out there you know when people point out, you know, the good in you and then see your qualities and see what makes you special, like believe them. You said something about how finding yourself or how do you define yourself out of your trauma? And I feel like yeah. that, that topic or like that aspect, that could be a, a whole topic, a whole podcast in and of itself. Right. But I feel like as someone who's also lived through a lot of trauma, it, it becomes really difficult when you start healing and you try to remove yourself from it. And I use that as my identification to be like, this is why I'm a strong person. You know, this is why I'm like this kind of person. So it's like, once I started healing from it and like doing therapy and, you know, trying to step into that version of myself, you start to realize, well, who am I without these traumas? You know, who am I I without this? You know, I see what you're saying. Mm -hmm. And I think too, maybe I worded it in a way when we're resilient, like when we become resilient and we, we mm-hmm. go through our traumas and it, and it builds our uh, character in a way, mm-hmm. um, or certain responses or drives, um, you know, we can either go through trauma and it can debilitate us in a lot of ways, or we go through mm-hmm. trauma and it motivates us, motivates us to do things differently, or mm-hmm. whether it's like to parent our children differently or to help those, um, who have gone through something similar to us. And that way, I, I don't feel like people are attaching to their trauma. They're saying mm-hmm. like, I went through this too, and this is how I can help others because mm-hmm. we can identify on this, this trauma together. And I think what I mean by when I say people identify so, so closely with their trauma um, is like when people, they think they are their mental health symptoms. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, you can have these conditions, you can have this past, you, you can have gone through these experiences and they might... Um, they've made you who you are Mm -hmm. and maybe like, but again, too, it's like, we have to understand that we are ever evolving individuals Mm -hmm. like, and, and to, to really just say like, this is who I am because of this, 
like, no, you are always, you're going to change. And yes, some, something like your personality will stay consistent across the lifetime. That's you know, research says that, but <laughs> I love that. And, I mean, and, and you know, so it's true, but like, there's certain things that we have to understand is like, I could have gone through these experiences, but do I have to let them define me mm. in a way where like, you know, I'm just like this because I have this or I went through this and like we allow it to be something that like keeps us boggled down. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what I mean is where people identify so much with their trauma where they they limit themselves from experiencing more or from trusting mm-hmm. others um, or it, it just being something that just consumes them. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of that too is again, trying to get that help and trying to reach that healing and, and by whatever means we need to do that um, that are healthy is great. But I think there are some of us who, maybe I over identify with our symptoms or over identify with our struggle to the point where we really debilitate ourselves from healing mm-hmm. because we so strongly identify and are so strongly uh, comfortable with living in those symptoms or living with that trauma where we, again, like, it, yeah, it, it takes away our capacity to say life can be different after mm-hmm. this. Again, I don't want to take away what people have been through or take away what I've gone through, tra- like through my trauma um, or having mental health, you know, illnesses, but I also don't so strongly identify with them to the point where if I see my, my, my worldview through those lenses, like this is, mm-hmm. I am my, you know, mental health disorders, right. And my trauma, um, yeah. it has shaped me, um, both in negative and positive ways, but I don't so strongly like attach myself to it mm-hmm. to the point again, yeah, it limits me from, from doing the things that I know I'm capable of doing. And I think a lot of people do that. And, I think it can be a crutch sometimes and, you know, and I've done it in my, my lifetime before. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I I get it. Uh, It's easy to kind of fall back on it, but you don't get anywhere doing that. So, so right. You just hit me in the heart in the best way possible. (laughs) In the best way possible. You hit me in the heart because you're right. You know, and I feel like, and I'll admit it. I need to hear that. I hope someone listening needs to hear that because it's true. It is so easy when you're in the eye of the storm to say, this is my storm. And I'm going to live here, you know, and it's so easy to sit here and to just, you know, be in the freaking mess and and that's it, you know, so you are right, man. I hope anyone listening starts to look at their crutch too, because I was like, oh shit. (laughs) No, I mean, we we all definitely go through that in our Mm -hmm. lifetimes and and it can be, that crutch can look like so many different things, but I think Mm -hmm. uh, we get comfortable in that narrative a lot of times. Mm -hmm. Um, and, And it's, and it's important to see like, like, who are we without those crutches? Yeah. Like, and how can we, we lean we into it? To, yeah. yeah. Like, how do we, how do we start using it in a, you know, a positive way or how do we reform mm-hmm. it? Um, how do we change that narrative for ourselves? And I, you know, it's not easy. Um, but if we don't try, like. Never know. Want to live. Yeah. It's like, mm-hmm. is, is that, is that who you want? You know, like when you, you're on your deathbed or it's like how many years ahead do you want to look back and be like, damn, like I really let that stop me from living, um, from exploring, from loving, from God, just, just to experience so many different things that I think those of us who struggle with mental health, like we do at times feel debilitated and I'm not again, taking that away from people. Like Mm -hmm. I've been there. I've I've my, I like today I went out for like an hour to study at Starbucks and I was like, I did good today. Like, (laughs) Like, I love that. I mean, that was like, oh my mm-hmm. God, I did it, you know, but mm-hmm. um, I love that. you know, have those little like times where you, you push yourself to do something that's uncomfortable or something that contradicts that narrative that you've been telling yourself about your mental health. And, mm-hmm. you know, you take those little steps 
steps and eventually it's like wow like one big stride look what I just did Mm -hmm. um and that takes work it can take years but as long as you're trying yeah a step is a step yeah Yeah, progress is progress Mm -hmm. (laughs) and healing is not linear so I mean I think that's something that's important to remember yeah I love that yeah totally get that it was funny because even I was over the past couple of weeks that I've been showing you the house I'm just like there's a Starbucks that's like three minutes away and I'm like man if I could just make it to the same thing I was like if I could just make it to the Starbucks and like order something like I would be like hooking on on the mountain Everest right now you know and it's like and also like like acknowledging that for some of us yeah going to go sit at Starbucks and like study or work or going to go order something going to three minutes that's a win and just because we're not having the win of hosting the next the next TED talk doesn't mean that we're not succeeding in life or that we're not healing you know so it's like we also have to honor like yeah like our little steps are gonna become one big stride like you said and honoring that you know as long as forward is forward we're gonna get there Um, I don't think people realize like how their story could change another person's life like Mm -hmm. that's that's what I want to say to anybody listening is like your story could literally save a fucking life like Mm -hmm. come on here share if you're comfortable yeah. For those of you who are comfortable, but if, if you have a, sh- a story that might inspire someone, motivate someone or help someone heal on their own journey and you're willing to share it, like, get on here. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I don't know. That's that's what I want to say. I don't think people yeah. realize um, the the like, the moves they can make yeah. by opening yeah. up about their mental health. Mm-hmm. We have so much power in our voice and inside of ourselves and like inner wisdom through what we've gone through or yeah, oh, just yeah. collectively. I'm like, we have so much potential. And the longer that we don't use our voice, the less chance that you have of reaching someone. 